I'm Cyrus Fees from UFC's Dana White's Contender Series, and you're listening to Kings of the Ring. Now let's knuckle up and throw down. You're listening to the Kings of the Ring Podcast Network. Welcome to the Kings of the Ring, a fictional wrestling saga inspired by the real-life stories of the 1980s pro wrestling era, written and produced like an ensemble cast cable drama or soap opera. Kings of the Ring is primarily a listener-supported show, and I want to shout out to all the patrons who are jumping on board to get early access and to hear the deleted scenes. Remember, all episodes of Seasons 3 and 4 have extended versions exclusive to patrons as well as Breaking Kayfabe, the director's commentary podcast series that explains all the wrestling references and inspirations for many of the events, anecdotes, and storylines of the show. And if you are a top guy or top girl in Patreon, you will use your name for a character in the Kings of the Ring audio drama and the novels. Kings of the Ring is intended for mature audiences. Today's episode would be rated MA for profanity, drug use, and sexual dialogue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Louis the Greek opens the front door to his Connecticut house, finally returning from another set of EWF shows. With a giant stack of mail tucked under his arms, he walks to his kitchen counter and sees the answering machine blinking. Whoa, Lulu, is that you? (laughs) I come for you tonight, my sweetheart. Tarzan Keith. Oh shit. I'm really into it now. Some heavy, heavy shit, Greek. Fucking me up. <laughs> don't take this too good for my health. If I don't, you know, uh. Anyway, just, uh. Thanks for giving me a shot with, uh, the Intercontinental Belt. I appreciate it. I had a pretty good run. Alright? What was that? Must be drunk or something, who knows? Kings of the Ring, episode 34, The Gathering. Apollo Samson enters the locker room of the Municipal Auditorium in Shreveport, Louisiana, red-faced and nervous. He plops his duffel bag next to the veteran heel and all-south mainstay, pretty boy Willie Dean, and paces around. Jesus Christ, Apollo, you really are becoming a top guy. Sauntering all late like the big fucking cheese. No, I, I'm sorry, brother. It was an emergency. Jeez, you're sweating bullets. Somebody die? No, I, I got a big decision to make, it, and I don't know if it's the right thing to do. Spill the beans, boy. I'm trying to decide if I should get married. Hell to... no. Next question. I didn't even tell you about her. Don't matter. Don't get married. Never get married. Well, e- easy for you to say. You're single. You don't even no know. No way, man. I am married. What? How? I seen you with a different girl in every town. Willie raises his eyebrow at a pop. Uh, anyway, I want to be true to this girl. I got her pregnant. Oh boy, here we go. Who is she? Some high school sweetheart? No, it's a girl I met at the Alamo Plaza Motor Inn here in Shreveport. Mandy. Oh, yeah. You mean Mandy Candy? You know her? Yeah, I know her. Half the locker room knows her. So she's cool? Yeah, she's a barrel of laughs. But no one's fucking marrying her. Uh, let me guess. She told you you knocked her up and needed money for an abortion, right? Yeah. I should have worn a rubber. Other than getting regular shots of penicillin like the rest of us do to clean up all the VD from the rats. You don't need no rubber with Mandy Candy. Oh, she did get pregnant. And I already gave her the money. Uh, but I think it might be time to stop her from going to the doctor. 
want to do the right thing and marry her and raise the child. Oh, gee. <laughs> oh, come I'm on. sorry if you think oh. I'm a dork for that, Willie, but it's how I was raised. Oh, man, you're a regular Dudley Do-Right. I'm laughing because that coos ain't pregnant. She worked you. What do you mean? How do you know? She used to pull that same rib all the time on the boys. She started accusing the top guy and work her way down until someone apologized for knocking her up and getting money for the abortion. Usually just worked on the married guys till you showed up. She got, what, 300 bucks out of you? Five. 500 smackaroonies. Guess the rate's going up. Are you serious about this? Like, totally? Yes, Apollo, there's no fucking way Mandy Candy's pregnant. She's on the pill, IUD, diaphragm, you name it, she's on it. I'm just surprised she's pulling this because Bert put a stop to it years ago, threatening to ban her from coming out to any All South shows. Wonder if someone put her up to it, uh, play a rib on it. You got heat with anyone? He looks down, just frickin' tiger. <laughs> that explains it. They were giggling earlier like the cats who ate the canary. Waving around an extra wad of cash. Must put Manny Candy up to it and split the dough. They look across the locker room at Brick Sawyer, laughing it up with the Southern Rebels. Probably told half the locker room already what a mark you are. Hey, listen, brother. You need to get that money back. Make a stand. If you're going to be a top guy, you need to do something or the boys will lose all respect for you. Skatman Jones walks by Apollo, looks at him and shakes his head laughing. Charlie Gotch, son Nellie, and Nellie's young son Chuck were at Milwaukee County Stadium watching Paul Molitor, Robin Yount, and the Brewers on a weekday afternoon with a few beers and a brat and a hard roll for the kid. Dad, would you mind explaining St. Paul? What about it? I'm seeing you book the apocalypse versus Dan Sanders and Brad Milkins. You can't do this. Why not? I know these guys are green, but Danny and Milk can carry him. It's not what I mean. They're gonna kill Sanders. <laughs> Don't make me laugh. Danny can handle himself if Shrimp and Buzz Whip or whatever their names are try anything. It's Shark and Buzzsaw. And I mean kill them with the fans. Ha! <laughs> Those two face behind the clowns are heels. Nelly rubs his face in frustration as Charlie disgustedly looks at his grandson pulling the brat sausage out of the bun. Would you tell your kid to eat his food properly? He's wasting the roll. Tell him yourself. Time to form an actual relationship with your grandson. Yeah, you don't like him. <laughs> Christ, Dad. And yeah, you don't like his name. Chuck. He's not a slab of meat. He's a human being. Why on earth did you name him that? We named him after you. To honor you. And call him Charlie or Charles. Chuck. So what do you mean? It's that wife of yours, isn't it? She calls him Chuck to get back at me for saying her pot roast was too dry. I know what she's about. Listen, Dad. Forget about that. The apocalypse is the problem. I've been saying that from the start. I mean, how do I put this? They're heels, but they're getting over. Fans think they're cool. Cool? They look like circus clowns. They don't. Listen, the fans like Dan Sanders. He's not cool. The apocalypse is, and are polar opposites of Sanders and Milkins. Putting them together magnifies their differences. Dan Sanders and Brad Milkins are reliable. The people trust them. They would never cheer. This is deja vu all over again. Was it already advertised? Yes. You should change it anyway before we leave for the Alliance meeting in Texas. Or this is going to backfire. I have faith in good old-fashioned wrestling and Sanders' ability to get over. Oh, come on. He just dropped the brat. And he put the bun on his head like a hat. Dad, he's three. Jen, I think this boy is a dullard. 
I hear there are special homes you can put him in. I'd like to put you in a home. Who is that? Nothing. Just watch the game. On the sprawling lands owned by Bert Ironside, Gabriel Angel rides around on a three-wheeler ATV. He comes across a creek and sees his cousin, Chris Stanley, pouting while skipping rocks. Hey there, cousin. You look like the last pee at pee time. Huh? What are you moping about? Oh, um, uncle just told me I'm banned from the Alliance barbecue. I'm sure there'll be leftover ribs. I know Debbie and the kids are expecting there to be. It's not that. I just thought this was going to be... I don't know. Come on, Chris. Spit it out. I thought this was going to be like my big coming out party. After I impressed Uncle with the meat machine guys, he and I had this heart-to-heart talk, and I just... I thought things were going to be different. Haven't they been? I've seen you around a lot more with him and Peyton than I used to. Yeah, but this alliance meeting is a big deal. And he's going to try to talk everyone into the Super Bowl of Wrestling gimmick. Super Bowl of Wrestling? Every promotion in the Alliance, one show. Well, that's a million dollar idea, but uh, you think they'll go for it? They have to. Everybody wins. But will they do it? The Alliance is a sticky arrangement with a lot of politics involved. I mean, uh, who's in the main event? If it's all South and SCW, where does that leave Charlie's AMW? Or Crenshaw? And who goes over? Yeah, but the common goal is beating Julian, so it doesn't matter. To you, it don't. But everyone else has their own to think about. To be represented, uh, to shine. To not just be on a historic show putting everyone else over. Okay, I see what you're saying. You have some good ideas, Chris. And I know you don't want to hear this, but you are green. These Alliance guys are pretty tough. Especially when they're all in one room. They'll eat you up faster than old Bert's ribs. With an idea that big, it needs to come from Bert. I see what you're saying, but... I know Bert's just going to act like he came up with it. I honestly think he already forgot it was my idea. So there's about credit? No, it's not that. Well, maybe it is. But not because of my ego. I don't know. I was looking forward to impressing Jesse James and the others. That's what you pictured, eh? (laughs) Another thing is, I didn't even bring up to Bert the most important stuff. I was sort of saving it for the big meeting. Super Bowl was only half the idea. What more could there be? If we're serious about taking on Julian Kane and stomping out for Empire Wrestling Federation, I'm talking the World Wrestling Alliance should consolidate and merge. Not just one show, but one giant promotion. The outlaw Jesse James takes one look up at the enormous stone North Carolina National Bank before stepping inside. Pacing the marble floor hallways to the office of its president and older sister of Daniel, Ava Hawkins. He opens the door and sees Sister Hawkins reaching up on a bookshelf, wearing a tight pencil skirt over a curvaceous body and high heels showing off her legs. Her long auburn hair falls back on her silky blouse as she turns to Jesse with the face that matches the body. All in one moment, Jesse's mind immediately flashes to making love to this woman under a tree in the Garden of Eden on silken pillows, kissing down her neck to her ample breasts. Cat got your tongue, cowboy. Oh, uh, uh, pardon me, man. Based on the genetics of Daniel, he was expecting something you'd find living in a cave deep in the woods. 
Not this. You must be Jesse James, the man my little brother can't stop raving about. Uh, uh, Pleased to meet your acquaintance, man. She turns around and holds her hand out. Jesse swiftly moves up and shakes it. Call me Ava. And I must say the pictures of you Daniel has on the walls of the house don't do you justice. Something about you is making me tingle in my nethers. I do believe you're making me blush. She smiles as she paces around him like a lion stalking its meal and gestures to the chair for him to sit. Then she sits behind the desk. Daniel told me you wanted him to pull the plug on everything. You got that right. Now, I I realize there was some expenditures in the past year, but these are investments that are already paying dividends. Whew, that's some mighty big business words for a cowboy. (laughs) It is the truth. Jesse. My great-grandfather Andrew Hawkins founded this institution in 1901 with an eye for greatness. A tradition we proudly carry on with me running the ship. We want to build skyscrapers, bring an NBA or an NFL team to Charlotte. And your brother and I feel the same way. Uh, We're turning your mother's promotion, and with all due respect, into something even greater. As I'm sure baby brother has told you, as much as my fellow Carolinians enjoy wrestling, it was merely tolerated in the Hawkins household. Daddy allowed mother to run her matches, long as it never made too much fuss. I've afforded little Daniel the same opportunity. But ever since he started riding with you, he's done nothing but lose money. And for what? To read about this empire out in New York in the papers? I know how things must seem, but our success can't be measured in dollars and cents. I'm a banker, Mr. James. That is the only measure of success. I've been in the wrestling business for about 15 years. I worked for your mother, worked in New York, wrestled around the world, ran operations for the SCW out of Atlanta for years. She reaches into a drawer and pulls out her lipstick and smooths it onto her full, wet lips. When Daniel bought SCW, not only bought a national cable contract on WVBS, he bought every wrestling fan throughout Georgia and Florida. What he bought last month with Hotland was every wrestling fan throughout Kansas and Missouri. She stands up and slowly walks around the desk and sits on the edge facing him. We have a loyal audience and can be seen on cable from uh, San Diego to Boston. She crosses her legs in front of him dangling her high heel on the end of her toes. And I keep getting bigger. I mean, we keep getting bigger. The Empire's a passing fancy and nothing more. But to our fans, the real wrestling fans, they have needs. And that's why I'm here, to service those needs. Anyone ever tell you you look like John Wayne? Uh, Yes, ma'am. It's been mentioned a time or two. My husband, an attorney for the bank, is good for the image and whatnot. But to this day, nobody stirs my loins like John Wayne. She struts around, tracing her painted fingernails on Jesse's shoulders, sending tingles up his neck. Even as a young girl, when I was first discovering my body, it was that tall cowboy in chaps that got my motor running. And you, sir, look like my kind of cowboy. She starts walking towards a door at the back of the room as Jesse admires her hourglass figure. If you want to talk about service and needs, you need to start with mine. You see, Jesse, I'm like a mare in heat, and I need a stud like you to put me down. She stops at the door and turns to Jesse. Come put me out of my misery, and I'll let Daniel play a little while longer. She opens the door, revealing a hidden bedroom. 
She walks in and starts to undress. Well, a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. Kings of the Ring will return after these messages. Move over, bacon. Now there's something meatier. Delicious sizzling. Fake bacon? Mom's sizzling is real meat. No soy, no fillers? Sizzling is real meat. A lot more meat to eat in every package because it's 50% leaner than bacon. Mmm, delicious. Move over, bacon. Now there's something meatier. Delicious real meat sizzling. <laughs> sizzling for breakfast in original pork or tasty beef. The finer things in life. Happily, some are affordable, like Grey Poupon Dijon Mustard. Grey Poupon is so fine, it's even made with white wine. Its original French Dijon recipe adds distinctive flavor to beef, pork, and poultry, salad dressing and sauces, and of course, sandwiches. So enjoy one of life's finer pleasures. Pardon me, would you have any Grey Poupon? But of course. Grey Poupon, it even has wine. We now return to Kings of the Ring. Diamond Donnie Gold has been down the back hallway of Charlotte Coliseum a hundred times, but never like this. He nervously takes a breath as Miss Kitty pushes him in his wheelchair towards the locker room. She puts her hand on his shoulder and he squeezes it and looks up at her and forces a smile. Whoa! Diamond Donnie Gold! Clyde Simmons bursts out. Donnie sees the look of restrained horror on their faces. Seeing him in this state, uh, hey guys, it's no biggie. Just my legs don't work. Who needs him, right? <laughs> Most of the boys force a laugh and a smile, shell-shocked to see Donnie like this for the first time. And also something else, underlying. Uh, how you doing, Donnie? You got family taking care of you? Davy Boy Givens finally asks as Kitty walks off and gives him a smile. Nah, they get me set up with these nurses, though. Uh, Olga's a real beast, but she helps me get around. But the other nurses... Total babes. This redhead was giving me a sponge bath. <laughs> oh yeah, same old diamond <laughs> Dominic Rose smiles. Well, how's the back? Uh, your, your legs? What the doctor say about wrestling, walking? What of you? Uh, I don't He's even know. He's not looking good, brother. Wish I could be working tonight with you guys, but just not in the cards, I guess. The back is healing, but I still can't walk. Diamond Donnie Gold. Holy cow. Kenny West marches straight up and shakes his hand. Nice to meet you, brother. I'm Kenny West. Kenny the Best West. Hey, good to meet you, kid. Well, you probably heard about me. I saved Burt Ironside's territory last year, then became the number one heel in the entire Midwest, and now I'm here. I am such a big fan, Donnie. C can I call you Donnie? Sure. I idolize you. I mean, you're the reason I wanted to be a wrestler. I'm like a mini version of you. I'm super hot, got cool hair, and the babes are way into me, just like you. Uh, get it, go, kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll catch up in Greensville or wherever the fuck the next town is. Oh, shit, what am I talking about? You're crippled now. Hey, brother, I'm so sorry about that whole playing gimmick that happened, but hey, you made your mark in the business, right? What a career. Uh, yeah, Diamond Donnie Gold, you motherfucker. Prince Abdullah Akbar bellows across the room as Kenny West walks off. The greatest wrestler who ever lived. Back in the... Oh no, my brother. 
Abdullah falls to his knees, crying in Donnie's lap. What did this fucking plane do to your legs? Motherfucker, with Allah is my witness, I declare war against all airplanes. As Kitty walks to her husband, beautiful Barry Lovelace, dressing, he sneers at her. Look at you glowing. Oh, holding hands with Donnie. I saw that. Come on, Barry, that's not fair. Why have you been spending so much time with him anyway? Supposed to be my wife. Barry, we're just friends. Enough. She storms off. Barry grits his teeth and walks over to Donnie, nudging his way through the crowd. You know, Donnie, since no one else has a guts team, let me just come out with it. Why are you here? I wouldn't deceive you, buddy. What are you talking about? I mean, why are you here instead of waiting for I don't know what you mean. Whelan's dead. Exactly. Why is he dead and not you? The guys get uncomfortable, but no one's saying a thing. We all know you tricked Whelan out of his seat on that plane. You only care about yourself, Donnie. Always have. Daniel Hawkins, hearing all this, moves in closer. And even in his wheelchair, not a goddamn thing's changed. Got your paws all over my wife, coming out here making everyone feel all weird. Take the hint that God gave you. You don't belong here. That's enough, Barry. Donnie is blindsided as he looks around the room at all the wrestlers and sees the truth in their eyes. In the empty Civic Center in Hartford, Connecticut, a smattering of photographers, press, and office employees mill about in front of the ring, hours before doors will open and thousands of wrestling fans will flood in. Thor Hansen in full American Viking regalia poses between Julian Kane and the president of Hasbro Toys, John Snyder. At ringside, while Michael Angel, Tommy Aloha, Killian Kavanaugh, Mr. Yoshi, Mobutu Zulu, Kong, and Tall Paul pose inside the ring, holding little He-Man-sized action figures of themselves. Hasbro is pleased as punch to be here today to add these dolls, excuse me, action figures, to our line of Hasbro products, along with Transformers, G.I. Joe, My Pet Monster, and Mr. Potato Head. EWF Superstar Wrestlers will be available this fall at Toys R Us, Kmart, and Sears stores across America and Canada, from San Diego to Montreal, and everywhere in between. They pop open bottles of champagne as Hasbro executives mingle with some of the EWF wrestlers brought out to meet the executives and press, but are actually just there to drink the free booze, look at these new toys, and to hit on the secretaries and female reporters. Shit, even Yoshi got a toy. Corporal Punishment slugs down his champagne. Why should they make a toy for you? Like you're so important. Chief Thunder laughs. They were gonna do an entire toy line based on me. <laughs> yeah, right. Good one, Jerry. Hollywood Buddy Melrose in his suit, talking to Killian Kavanaugh. Are you getting a percentage of sales for this? Me and Tor get a piece every three months. I don't know about the rest of those jobbers. Probably nothing. And why should they? Just being on a toy is enough for them. They're still entitled to a cut. Yeah, man. Fuck them. Julian Kane is standing with John Snyder, tall Paul Mulligan, and Hercules Harris in his Mobutu getup. Julian, we were missing some wrestlers up there. I apologize, John. Tarzan Kid didn't even show up today. Leroy Brown is injured. Isn't that Leroy right there? He looks straight at Deshaun Johnson. That's Deshaun Johnson. He's new. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Well, uh, couldn't you have had him stand in for Leroy for the pictures? Julian raises an eyebrow as the head of Hasbro turns to Hercules. Nice to meet you, Mabutu. Me, John. 
I speak English, motherfucker. Oh, whoa. Uh, well, fuck me. Just call me Harris. Well, okay, uh, Harris. Uh, first off, you speak English very well. Perk rolls his eyes. You should be happy you made the cut. Since we chose Leroy Brown for the first series, we didn't have to lose any money on the Negro-colored ink to make these Mobutu dolls. And for Mr. Yoshi, we didn't even have to use the yellow ink since he's an Oriental. We just used the human skin color like Thor, Michelangelo, and the others. I think I need a drink. Herc, in his full Shaka Zulu getup, walks over and pulls a glass of champagne from a table as Deshaun Johnson walks up, holding his Mobutu action figure. Goddamn, Hercules! All you missing is shackles and chains! <laughs> Julian walks over to Nigel Davies, chatting with Thor. Did you tell Thor the good news? Huh? Alright. Thor, I've just booked you for an episode of The Love Boat. Holy cow, are you serious? That is intense. Everyone watches a Love Boat. Hey, thanks, Nigel. I, I gotta tell the guy. Julian sips champagne while looking at everyone on the floor. Montreal. Remind me why we don't run there. We have the rest of Canada. In the bigger picture, Montreal is insignificant. We are mainstream. There's no reason Montreal we... is run by organized crime. Well, isn't that what the alliance is? Organized crime? Perhaps in metaphor, but Montreal is literally organized crime. Money laundering, smuggling... Frenchie, come here. Julian calls Luke St. George, one of the Canadian wrestlers. You work Montreal. What's the deal? I want the Empire in the Forum. Well, uh, you can't, Julian. Montreal off limit. Says who? Hey, hey. That the good one. What's the harm in one show at the Forum? A uh, bad idea, Julian. Uh, general rule to live by. You don't mess with the mob, even in Canada. Can I work with them? Are they that unreasonable? They don't like money? I mean, what the hell? You sound like you're serious. Uh, I leave Quebec on good term. Uh, I'm comfortable to talk about it to those guys. Uh, I'll see what I can find out, Julian. Thank you, Frenchie. Nice to see someone can do what I ask. He glares at Nigel. Nigel looks away and shakes his head. Oh, lighten up, Nigel. Don't be such a stick in the mud. We've got actual wrestling toys hitting shelves. The cartoon premieres this fall. Merchandise is selling like hotcakes at arenas. And Empire Mania is officially at video stores this month. We're rolling. The sun sets on the Ironside Ranch as the heads of the World Wrestling Alliance wind down their extravagant meal, sitting on a large U-shaped table, wearing their new white cowboy hats, while workers take their plates. Bert Ironside and Peyton Thomas, Raylan Crenshaw and Johnny Johnson IV, Daniel Hawkins and Jesse James, Charlie Gotch, and Nelly. I'll gladly admit when I was wrong when it comes to food. And you're right, Bert. You Texans know how to barbecue. I've never eaten brisket like that in my life. Raylan Crenshaw, feet up on the table, top button of his pants unbuttoned, as his ample belly spills over his pants. That deep fried okra and cornbread? Ooh boy. Think I'll make room for one more rack of ribs. Eh, use that right. Come on, Gotch. Even your boy has more sense than you. It's so messy. And these other weird peppers and whatnot. Too spacey. We should have gone to Arthur's for a steak and a big fluffy baked potato. Peyton Thomas disagrees. Come on now. If we're going to eat steak, the Dallas Steakhouse is the place. Johnny Johnson the fourth jumps in. Nah, forget about steak. Tolbert's chili. Now that's what we should have done. Guys, we can't even agree what to eat for dinner. I actually love this. Thank you, Bert. 
Do you have any more of that blackberry pie? Plenty of cobbler, Hawkins. Help yourself. And make sure you leave some for the rest of us. You've already seen how you take more than your fair share. (laughs) (laughs) Jesse raises an eyebrow at Charlie. You got something to say, gosh, then come on out with it. Hey, Charlie's right. You guys bought two territories behind everybody's backs? No, that's out of line, Peyton. Wrong, Jesse. It's in bounds. You're getting too big for your britches. Come on now, Hindside. You were trying to do the same thing. Yeah. And if y'all wouldn't have kept your heads out your asses, you wouldn't have been bidding against each other in the first place. Fuck you, Crenshaw. I'm speaking the truth. Who the fuck you think you are, you soda? Stop it, all of you. Raylan is right, 100%. Bert, you and my dad conspiring, not telling anyone, made us all look like jackasses. Amen to that. And you too, Jesse. You guys bidding against my dad and Bert in secret? I mean, how much more did that cost you, Daniel? Daniel Hawkins looks down in shame. Exactly. Thank you, Nelly, for reminding us why we're here now. I'm going to be the first one to admit that me and Charlie did fuck up. Speak for yourself. Julian called me as soon as it happened to rub it in. He worked us all. And that'll be the last time. From here on out, we work together. Right? Amen to that. Raylan says as he sucks down an ice-cold bottle of Lone Star beer. Charlie looks at Hawkins and Jesse. And part of that is you pig fuckers trying to steal the Alliance name as your own. Yeah, what's this WWA All-Star Wrestling bullshit? We're all part of the WWA. What else we gonna do? You can't have Southeast Wrestling in Kansas City. It don't make no sense. We'll come up with something else. Okay, well, how about we call ourselves just All-Star Wrestling? That works. All-Star Wrestling? A-S-W? Fuck that. We are A-S-W. Here you go again trying to use other people's shit for your own. It's not what we're doing. I know it ain't what you're doing. But you know you can't be calling yourself WWA or ASW. And I get why Southeast ain't ideal, but you need to come up with something. Even though none of us like you owning St. Louis. I mean, you're an East Coast company. You're getting awfully close to me in the Midwest. Maybe you're trying to be the new Julian Kane, huh? Is that what you are, Hawkins? Now just take a step back, Charlie. You wanna test me? Jesse squints his eyes at Charlie Gotch. Put a cork in it, Charlie. Now are you gonna change the name? Or are we going to have a problem? Hawkins looks to Jesse, who gives the slightest of nods. Yes, we'll change it. There. See how we can all work together? Because that's what we need to do from now on. Because if there's one thing we can all agree on, it's Julian Kane is a motherfucker. They all nod. Almost two years ago, he raided our locker rooms, stole our top talents behind our backs, and used that loaded roster to fight us. It occurred to me that we need to use the same tactics. Instead of fighting all these individual battles against him, team up, pool our best guys with a giant card that'll blow that New York pansy out of the water. Amen. Yes. When would we do it? Thanksgiving. Fans already know it's the biggest night of the year. Battle of the Stars is Thanksgiving. We ain't giving that up. What about going head to head with Empire? Last weekend of the year. I don't like Julian dictating when our show happens. Shouldn't be the same date as his. Thanksgiving's out. How about earlier? October? That's too soon. Uh, We got plans. I agree, Peyton. Uh, Too soon. Listen, we all do well on Thanksgiving and on Christmas, so it makes sense to avoid those dates. But I still think we should take it to him Empire Weekend. 
the Super Bowl of wrestling needs publicity. And if we go head to head with Empire Mania, all the newspapers will cover Empire and not us. Or cover it like it is an Empire show. Right, Jesse? <laughs> Jesse and Hawkins give Crenshaw a dirty look. Then we do after Thanksgiving, but before Christmas. Early December. That way we can all do our Thanksgiving shows and still promote a Super Bowl. That makes sense. Right, everyone? Everybody nods. Where's it gonna be? Chicago is the biggest city in America with the best arena. Chicago Stadium. It ain't the biggest, Charlie. And Chicago Stadium is a shithole. Reunion Arena in Dallas. Everybody loves Texas. Yeah, and it's in your backyard. Just your guys will be over. Well, why would that matter, Daniel? I mean, you have your vaunted cable show on WVBS. Are you mocking me? Yep. Well, let's take the fight right to them. New York City. Maybe we could book the Meadowlands or something. Way too risky, that deep into Empire turf. If we don't sell it out, we look weak. Now look at here. There's only one logical place to do this. I know you're all gonna pitch a fit because it's in our territory, but the closest thing to a neutral town was always St. Louis. George Gilmore built it that way. Everyone agrees reluctantly. We can book the Checker Dome and pack in almost 20,000 and everybody's top guys will be over to that crowd. No favoritism. I second the motion for St. Louis. Yes, St. Louis will work, but we split the gate evenly. Now, on the most important aspect of all this, it's what we're gonna do next. Hawkins leans over to Jesse. Are you sure about this? They don't even know our guys in St. Louis. Don't worry, Danny boy. In the end, we'll be the ones standing tall. Trust me. You still haven't told me what happened with my sister. Oh, Bert's talking. Now comes the best part. That's why I made sure y'all didn't come by your lonesome. We need to hunker down and figure out a main event and a card. Our friend Raylan Crenshaw brought the finest Kentucky bourbon, and we got all the ice-cold beer and hooch in the world. Even if it takes all night, we are putting together the biggest wrestling show of all time. Let's put our heads together and book this some bitch. On 8th Avenue in New York City, Louis the Greek carries his paper takeout bag of falafel and olives from his cousin's cafe, Giannopolis's. Famous professional wrestler dead. Extra, extra. He looks across the street it. at Madison Square Garden, wondering what kind of house they're going to draw tonight, and he passes a newspaper stand. Wrestler dead from drug overdose. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Famous wrestler dead. Hey, what do you talk about? That'll be a quarter, Mac. Louis drops a quarter and opens up the sports section of the New York Daily News and reads the headline. EWF wrestler Tarzan Kid dies of heroin overdose. This week's deleted scene was Burt Ironside's talk with Chris Stanley banning him from the Alliance Barbecue. Chris resisting and Uncle Burt explaining why. If you are listening to the Patreon Extended Edition, I hope you enjoyed that scene. If you did not hear that scene, then you are listening to the standard wide-release version of Kings of the Ring, and I invite you to become a patron to hear the extended versions from all of Season 3 and the current Season 4. Please check out the link in the notes, and we'll see you soon for Episode 35 from Season 4.